Hello, hello. Welcome to today's Twitter space. My name is Hector Santi Stevan, and I am your host. And I get way too geeked up about creating amazing podcasts that can fuel your lifestyle and your business. And today's Twitter space is a live recording of the Marketing Your Podcast show. And that is a, a show that I release almost weekly. And really to help you learn the things that do and, and do not work when it comes to marketing and monetizing your podcast. And so today we're going to talk about video podcasting. We're going to talk about how you can incorporate that into your show. And we usually on these on these podcasts or happy hours, we usually have a, a panel of incredible guests that are here for you know here for us while we have a moment here. If we could have just the, the few of you go around really quickly and give the the five, 10 second introduction on, on who you are and what you do. Hi Hector, how you doing? Grant Talek, I'm co-founder at Authentic Marketing and essentially we help podcasters repurpose their long form content into short clips for social media. A big part of that is having video as a component of your episodes. So I think that the topic of today, video podcast made easy is probably pretty relevant. And yeah, there's definitely some really awesome tools out there. And it's only getting easier to add video as a component to your podcast. So excited to hopefully contribute to something here. Yeah, for sure. Kevin, if, if it allows you to, to speak, would love for you to chime in. Uh, my name is Kevin. I'm host of the Jerry Vern podcast. It's a true crime podcast. I've been doing it for two years, got into audio engineering a few months back, been working with Hector now for what, four or five months. It's been a great experience and I'm actually in the process of learning how to video edit. So adding the video component to the podcasting space is I think an excellent topic of conversation for today. Yeah. You know, it's just, it's kind of interesting that my, I started out in the, what I would say, maybe the lowest form, you know, in the lowest cast of video, which is live streaming. And I, I kind of gravitated towards podcasting because I thought that I could get away from the video aspect of it, but it seems like it's chasing me. And, and I think that this is a, an important conversation for, for two reasons. The first is discoverability, right? I think that that's such a big topic for podcasters and how do we get discovered? And there's so many solutions and apps and there's so many things trying to find a solution for discoverability, right? You know, whether it's uh, Spotify or, or there's all these different things. But one thing that, that holds true is that video seems to be the answer for, for a lot of that. And one of the big answers for discoverability is, is YouTube. And so I think that it can help shows who are looking to find an audience, who are looking to find listeners. I mean, that's one thing that YouTube is really great at is, is matching content to listeners. And I think that I was reading something from the founder of Audia, audia.io, I don't, Amit, his last name is escaping me, but he was really talking about how RSS feeds and podcasting are are literally the worst at that. You know, they're they're the absolute worst at recommending. There is no recommending, you know, algorithm. And so it's just something that is if someone wants to be discovered as a podcaster, they can tap into this engine. The second thing that I wrote down in terms of reasons though is is really longevity. I think that unfortunately or fortunately, depending on what side of the puck you're on, video is going to be a part of podcasting, right? I think that people the, the line between a video podcast and an audio podcast or a YouTube show and a podcast and 
interview or, or any of these things, I mean, they're really, the lines are really, really blurring. You know, Kevin and I are, are working on a show right now that we're going to pitch, you know, someone who's, I don't know, maybe a B or C list celebrity. But, but one thing that we are incorporating into the show is, is as a no brainer, it has to be a video show, right? There has to be a video component to, to the show or, or we wouldn't consider it, you know, we, we wouldn't consider not having video as a component of, of a show moving forward. And so I think in terms of longevity, if somebody wants to be around, if they see themselves being something that a show or a podcast that has an audience two, three, five, ten years from now, that video is, is eventually going to have to, to play a role. So I just would love to toss it back to Kevin or, or Grant and see, you know, just kind of get your thoughts on on that in terms of, you know, the need for discoverability and then also, you know, just whether it's going to be a, a necessity for podcasters moving forward. I will say what excited me kind of about what you were talking about with YouTube discoverability earlier is maybe in our parents' generation, my parents' generation, you know, 40 years ago when they were growing up watching TV, like everyone was listening to the same networks and the same stuff and got fed the same information. <laughs> Except then now I don't have a TV subscription or a network subscription. I, I actually pay for YouTube premium, which is like ad for YouTube. And I think it's awesome. But the when I log on to YouTube under my account, the videos I see are completely different than the videos Hector would see or Kevin would see or my mom would see. It's like a fully personalized newsfeed, which means that I get like content that's relevant to me. And it's that's really exciting. So I think for podcasters, just thinking about how you can how you can leverage that and realize that like you almost can't be too niche <laughs> these days like there's so many people out there who are willing to listen to your content that you could help solve a problem for them and if you know you get specific with how you title and and describe your youtube videos and your youtube shorts like you're you're going to be more likely to show up on like the unique viewers feeds that you really want to to be hanging out with so that's just a big shift yeah 40 years ago we were listening to all the same videos, the same networks, and now everything is fully personalized. So, you know, Grant, it's I, your our conversation that we had. A, it seems like actually it was several months ago now, but just came out on my podcast a couple of weeks ago. Really got me fired up about what was possible on YouTube because you know it it for the longest time it seemed like short form video or it seemed like this repurposing like. There was almost this dark ages, and, and maybe it was always YouTube in the background, but there was this dark ages of, of repurposed content. But once YouTube really got behind shorts, they really had the trifecta of short form content, long medium form content, you know, that kind of five to 15 minutes. And then, you know, even people, I mean, I, I can't tell you how many podcasts, you know, hour long podcasts, two hour long podcasts I go to YouTube for specific because, you know, I would rather watch the video for that kind of interview than, than listen to the audio. And so I think that, you know, I want to credit you, Grant, for, for kind of inspiring me in that. But Kevin, you've, we've talked about your newfound enthusiasm for podcasting. What is it? Why did you, and I think you're like, I don't know, in the middle of a 190 video course, or I don't know, some, you know, 150 crazy video course. What's, what's been driving the enthusiasm for you behind the video? Well, first and foremost, I, I wanted to piggyback off of what Grant said about YouTube Premium. I, too, subscribe to YouTube Premium, and I find it very helpful for not having ads. 
the one so i will get to your question hector but the one thing i've noticed too with youtube is they definitely there's channels that i think pay to play i don't know if this has been your experience grant or not but it it will recommend something similar but it always goes back to a network type shell right so like for example john oliver i i like john oliver and i watched that last last week segment that he puts on youtube but it usually pops on as my next video and that's where i think it needs to be fixed tweaked a little bit is so that it doesn't keep going back to something that you've watched maybe you know two or three times but that's just that's a topic of conversation for another day as far as as my newfound enthusiasm for video is because honestly that's the way that it's going right podcasting is coming after video right because youtube was so big but at the same time i i truly believe that people want video people want to be able to see you people want to be able to see what you're doing who you're talking to and so i think it's just going to be a natural progression for there to be some sort of visualization of the podcast yeah and so for the people i mean everybody's going to be listening on the recording here. So the really what I think people are, are, I know what I was missing is the, the different placements for video. And, you know, obviously we talked about YouTube. That's a big part. You know, there's, there's TikTok, there's Instagram. And then I think the, the other obvious place is, is just Spotify video. And so when you have all these different platforms that it's going to be going out towards, I think all, all of a sudden it starts, it does start to make a little bit of sense because for sure there's more time that's invested. You know, it's either going to be you putting in the time or you're going to be paying someone to put in the time. For sure it's going to cost a little bit more. But now when you talk about having an outlet for these things, I think, you know, my biggest holdup, and I've told this to Grant before, my biggest holdup was that we were spending all this time creating videos for on Instagram that, you know, I guess in, I don't know, maybe 20, let's say, I think it was like 2017, 2018, these videos were averaging... 10, 15, 20,000 impressions sometimes, you know, on a two, three minute video sometimes. And, and all of a sudden those impressions went down to two, 3,000 impressions. And so the, the squeeze that we were getting out of these videos all of a sudden didn't make sense anymore. But now when you're talking about YouTube, you know, really prioritizing shorts, you know, you're talking about Spotify prioritizing, you know, video podcasts, there's all of a sudden this outlet and this, this place for you to distribute these types of videos. So one thing that I've been trying to, you know, work through in our kind of workflows is, is how we, you know, what, what are we delivering? And I think Grant, you've also done a big job, you know, great job of helping me crystallize the, the need for like this short form video. Um, I'd love to throw it to you and just talk about, I'd love for you to talk about like when you're thinking about like, how can we squeeze the most out of this podcast? Like, what are you, what's your mindset going into, you know, an episode or like, what are you thinking about when you're, when you're, you know, approaching an episode and like going, okay, you know, we need to repurpose this and we're going to try and get this into all these different, you know, places that I'd love to kind of get into your mind behind that. Yeah. So I guess a few things come to my mind and so when we work with clients, we'll, we'll take one of their long form episodes and send it to an editor who their role is to take out like eight, eight pieces of content from that one video. And then from there, we kind of like do some quality checking and pick maybe the two best. 
But as far as like the rules for it, the first one is it's more of like a moral thing. And it's if you have a guest on your show, like never take what they say out of context just for the sake of trying to get views for your content. You know, like that's like a super high level, like moral thing. Like it's important, like with repurposing and you see this with news and with like, you know, sound bites from stuff like that. Like you don't want to be that news source that is taking things out of context and changing what the viewer is saying. I think that's super important. And the second one is like not thinking, not just thinking about what type of clip is going to get the most views and most exposure. There's a place for that. But like thinking about the type of clip or the type of repurposed content that's relevant to the audience you're trying to build. So, and that kind of goes back to what I was saying earlier. YouTube is a fully personalized channel that like is, is relevant to you and your interests. Like you know, you're not just trying to get views from anyone and everyone with this like repurposed content. You're still trying to like move towards finding your your audience. Say that's like B2B podcasters that you're trying to connect with. Then it's important to continue to talk to them and, and think of ways that like that your content within that those longer form episodes is you're able to repurpose it and still just speak to that specific audience. So I think it's important. Yeah. Think of those. Those are two big things. Like never take anything out of context. Number two, just always think about who your audience is and just focus on creating content that appeals to them. Yeah. I kind of breeze over this at the beginning when, you know, now that we're, we're trying to kind of systemize it, I, I think I was, I was talking to Kevin and we, we published like 50, about 50 episodes for all the shows that we do every month in terms of podcasting. And now we're trying to layer on video on top of that. And so it is, it's quite a behemoth, but when I think about what are we what are we doing, a lot of times we are already creating promotional packs and creating highlight clips from these episodes. And so now it's just about kind of taking it one step further and, and just changing the formatting a little bit. And so we have our full length episodes, which, you know, are, are great to, to just have on YouTube for for search purposes. Right. But w- one thing that we've kind of established or has been established is that they're not going to be great in terms of discoverability. I mean, it's just it's hard for Google to promote for YouTube to promote an, an a 45 minute you know video the the chances they're much they have a much better chance of recommending a video that's three five seven ten minutes because they're, they're just they're unsure about how well someone you know is going to like your stuff however if it's a previous listener that's already consumed a shorter clip right a three minute clip a five minute clip a ten minute clip from your episode they're a little bit more likely to to watch that so that's how you can kind of piggyback them or breadcrumb them onto your full length episodes. So you've got your full length episodes, you've got your shorter clip, you know, your what we call clips, just because we, we have to create some sort of terminology. So clips are anywhere between we found like five to 15 minutes is great, right? Shorter, shorter than five minutes on YouTube. It, it's you really want some great content for sure that you know, they can, it can be great. But if you can have a, a seven, nine, 11 minute video, that really has some good content and gets the, the viewer to kind of sink in a little bit. That really juices YouTube's algorithm and is what we found have, have been some of our quote unquote most viral videos, the ones that get the most organic reach. And and the last thing which YouTube has been promoting recently are these shorts. And there's been some change in how you upload them and where you upload them. They're trying to figure all that stuff out. But basically, or even what, what they're considering, Grant, you might know some of this more, but I, I read somewhere that they're going to start considering every i'm actually meant this might be instagram that they're going to start considering all videos like shorter than i don't know three or five minutes in this kind of shorts format or, or reels format for instagram 
And these shorter videos that are oftentimes vertical are this last kind of this format, which I think the reason that, that it's so powerful is it gets thrown into these algorithms, right? You know, whether it's on TikTok or the reels or, or shorts and people who aren't subscribed to you have a, have a chance of finding it. And it's just, it's the, it's the one of the, you can say what you want about the style of a video or about people's attention spans or about whatever. Unfortunately, or fortunately, it is the format that is gives you the most opportunity for organic reach. And so those are kind of the three formats that we think about when we're trying to get videos out. Grant, Kevin, anything that you guys want to add or, or, or questions or, or just anything on, on just kind of the types of videos that you're putting out? I, I want to say one thing is as a listener, after like listening to this conversation, you should totally go to YouTube and start watching some YouTube shorts. And what you'll notice is that if there are certain YouTube shorts you paid attention to or like, like maybe you enjoy like playing golf and like for some reason you're gonna spend a little bit of extra time watching those YouTube shorts that are golf related, YouTube's really, really smart. And they're gonna start pushing you more golf related videos. They're also gonna start pushing you more of videos that are coming from the accounts you're watching, even if you're not subscribed. So like if you, if you watch a specific account, a YouTube short from a specific account, again, even if you're not subscribed, YouTube will start recommending more of their content. See if you like it and probably show it to you for some time. And then if you're not engaging with that content at all, then they'll probably turn that off. That's why it's important to kind of like post shorts consistently because once you have that bank of YouTube shorts, then you can gain new listeners by each new YouTube short that's posted, you're gonna get some new listeners and then all those new listeners are also gonna get shown your old content as well. So yeah, I will challenge people to just like try to see how it's working on them when you go to the app because it's really interesting once you notice it. Yeah, the recommendation engine is, um, you know, TikTok had, had it nailed early on, but I actually just deleted the app from my phone today for a variety of reasons, which we may nice. we can, we can get, we may or may not get into today. But I've been severely disappointed with Instagram's reels algorithm until recently, you know, for the longest time they were showing me stuff and I was just playing around with it just for kind of, you know, quote, quote, you know, market research or, you know, for science or whatever. But I was just so disappointed at what they were showing me because it was just not it. But recently they figured out that I'm into kind of, I'm trying to get my golf game up a little bit and I'm trying to get my golf swing. And so they like, somehow they latched onto that. And now, now I'm in deep into like, the, you know, they, they, they've maybe, maybe they just needed a video to kind of grab onto. Maybe they started to figure out their algorithms. But Grant, what you're kind of telling me is that similarly, YouTube has kind of their recommendation algorithms are, are tightening up or they've got theirs figured out where they can similarly start to figure out, start to know what you're into and start to recommend more stuff. Yeah, it's getting pretty spot on, I'll be honest. And it's a little scary, but it's also pretty exciting. So... Yeah. Yeah. Yeah, for sure. So, so one thing that I also wanted to cover is, you know, just because this is going to be on the recording is the how to, and we've spent, you know, a lot of time pouring over this a, because it takes some time, you know, just to figure out, but B, you know, when you're doing it at scale, we're trying to, we're trying to save as much time as possible. And so I think that that for you, you know, if you're doing, if you're, you're going to hire somebody, you know, Grant or, or myself or great people to do this for you. But for you, if you're looking to do this yourself, you know, saving as much time is going to make it or, or making this as, as time efficient as possible is going to make it as 
make it more sustainable or give you a longer, a better chance at, at sustaining it. Right. And so I think let's just talk about tools. Right. I think it was probably the, the big thing. You know, there, there are a few different big tools, right? You got your recording tools, you've got kind of, and you've got your editing tools. And I think within those two things, you know, we could probably talk about all the things that we need to. And so I'll throw it to you because I've got my favorites, but Grant, when it comes to recording, especially for video, what, what tools or softwares are you kind of recommending to your clients? Or are you saying, Hey, the, if you, if we do it here, we're probably, it's probably going to be easiest, you know, for us to be able to do what we need to do. Or, or maybe you could just talk about how you get your clients set up to be able to even deliver on the video. Yeah. So first off, the, I mean, the platform we always recommend is Riverside FM. I think that's what you use too, Hector, right? Right. Yeah, we do too. Yeah. And, and the the biggest thing with Riverside is it's it's a platform that's made for remote video recording. Like, whereas Zoom and Google Hangouts is more built for like team meetings and live team meetings and things of that nature. Like Riverside is built for basically video podcast creation. So like they're always adding new features and getting better. There's some other competitors that are probably great too, like Squadcast. But we've used Riverside and just really enjoyed it. It's been good. So, but to take a step back from Riverside, that's like kind of the home base. That's the recording studio. We use a, a tool called Reincubate Camo. If you search like camo software, like camo clothing, basically it allows you to connect your phone camera to your computer so that you can use like a higher quality recording from the get-go. Like computer cameras right now are pretty awful. They're like 720p is generally the max for what you're getting. So... We use that, which connects to your computer and makes it easier to record a high quality video. But I will say there's an exciting thing change going on with iOS 16 and with the new Mac software where you can, they just have it natively built into the uh, Mac OS operating system where you can use your phone as a webcam. Grant, is there any like, you know, how does that work like technically wise? Is it recording something on your phone and then sending that video to, to the computer or is it? Is it kind of remote recording and then local recording and then streaming that? I, I, only, so, I only ask just in terms of like, can someone record a, a longer video like that? Or is that best for, you know, shorter things or how did, how would that work? No, you can do that with, with a longer video. Like I was recording a, an episode with Mitch on Riverside today using camo and it was like a 45 minute recording. So it did basically just connects to your computer with the lightning cord and then it feeds the camera to, to your computer. Right. So it's like using an external camera, right. but then you're recording on your on your computer. And the way it's going to work with the, the new Apple update is it'll just happen wirelessly, which is pretty cool. And you'll be able to do it without plugging in the computer. So that that'll be that'll be huge. Yeah, well Kevin won't be able to do that cuz he has a you know he's he, I text him and it's green. He's green. <laughs> well, if, you, if you're not a Mac user or iPhone user, that's fine. You can still use Reincubate Camo and it'll it'll do the job great. He said that's but fine, Kevin. Might be a little more clunky. I was really worried about that. I was so worried about that, about having to go out and buy a whole new setup. Yeah, that's fantastic. That's a, that's a huge tip because webcams are terrible. And most people's so bad. most people's phone cameras are, are way better. So that's that's huge. We use Riverside as well. And so what I really like about Riverside is that it gives you, you know, the the high fidelity videos and we throw it straight into the script. Right now they have a an integration that I think they're just working through. But you can go from Riverside to Descript. We don't always do that just because our 
our computers are, we don't have a, a supercomputer that's able to handle like the eight gigs of, you know, these files are kind of big. And so, um, how do you handle that grant? What do you do? Because I, I'm curious, just selfishly, you know, each, sometimes we get an hour long interview and it's a uh, four gigs for each track. So how, what, what's your guys' like process for, you know, not breaking your computer every time? Yeah, we'll go straight from Descript, or sorry, we'll go straight from Riverside FM to Descript as well. We haven't really been using their their timeline export feature because it doesn't have as much like customization as we had hoped. So generally, we'll export the both the tracks, the video tracks from Riverside, and then export them side by side as well. And since we're mostly our output that we're mostly focused on is social clip, a lot of the time our clients will just send us an MP4 of like their finished podcast recording, in which case we'll go, we'll use like Adobe Premiere Pro or Final Cut Pro to do scene switches between speakers during those short clips. So that's, a, that's really manual though, pretty manual. So honestly, I, I think that that integration between Riverside and Descript needs to get a little bit better. It's not, it's not perfect yet, but for the time being, like just exporting, taking your time, waiting for it to upload. And then since we work with editors that uh, we have to share content with, once you have it up uploaded to Descript, like all the files are in the cloud. So they can download it all through Descript, which is super nice. They don't have to re-download the files from Riverside. So Descript, just the way it's like, you have it natively on your computer, but you can also leverage the cloud there is it's pretty awesome. Every once in a while, your computer is getting a little like, you know, you got the spinning wheel. You just kind of got to step away and and just give it a little bit of time you know maybe go make lunch or make some coffee <laughs> so can i can i throw out a weird idea and you guys shoot it down if i'm crazy and amy thank you for joining us it's great to have you i did an interview with jack recider and at first i was like well, this is kind of weird because jack he mentioned it last time on, on, on the space but he doesn't show himself publicly and so he has this like it almost looks like a cartoon caricature it's like this weird it looks like a cartoon, but it's just a distortion of it, of his video. And so I'm wondering, Danielle, like if you had like a, you know, if you somehow were able to turn your, you know, your NFTs or the characters, right. And you were able to, you know, record as an avatar. Is that, is that something that people like, is that a possibility of where this is going? Because I know, especially for, for like, for women and, and, you know, I mean, that, I'd imagine for men too that like, you know, putting on makeup and doing your hair and like getting ready for video, there's just this whole thing that is not, you know, there's just this whole other thing. So is that crazy or is that something that you might consider in terms of, you know, recording with your avatar as opposed to, you know, your actual video? Yeah, I would, I would love that just because I probably wouldn't even be looking at my avatar as long as I like, as long as like, for example, this... <laughs> I have my PFP from an artist and I just, I resonated with it. And it was, I, I keep telling people like, oh, it's for me, but it's not custom. I just, you know, she looked, she looked Indian and I'm, it does look enough like me. And so, yeah, I definitely would. I think that would be really cool, especially, you know, I, 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 I can't visualize it right now just because video has never been. And I'm not saying like, I'm not saying like the camera doesn't love me. I'm saying that like, it's just, I, I tend to sweat a lot. Like I just, I tend to like look at every single angle to make sure like I'm, 
just looking perfect every second. I'm just like, ugh, like it's it's just with the social audio. I actually think quite a bit still about how I do my inflections and how I talk, but I'm so used to it. I think I could definitely get into practice with that with video, but I kind of prefer to be on other people's videos because then I can, you know, it's like setting a boundary with it. Well, Danielle, if I could, yeah. if I could hop in because I think you brought up a good point in the sense that that's how you know Kevin and I we produce a show that we do I don't know like in between two hundred and three hundred thousand downloads a month, which is which is great. It's a very niche show. You know, we have pod, we have sponsors. You know, through through the end of the year, and and you know, we we sponsored way too many. We don't have enough slots. My point is is that. Even for that show, the next logical thing, like even for that, is like, well, we've got to find way, like what's next, right? And how do we make sure that we are, you know, in five years and 10 years that we are still the, you know, the show in that industry. And so that's, that's kind of what, what we're hedging against, you know, and obviously Danielle, congrats to your recent success. I want to just, you've been crushing it over the last little bit. And so I want you to enjoy every little bit of that. Amy, you have had your hand up for a little bit and I, I want to apologize for taking so long to get to you. Do you have any thoughts or anything you want to share when it comes to video? Yes. So you were talking about the avatars and it's called, well, on YouTube, it's called VTubing. And you can use something like VRaid Studio to make an avatar. And that was something I actually looked at because I don't want to have to like change my shirt every day. Like I work from home, so like you, there's a different expectation for women when they show up in front of the camera than men. It's just a fact. But um, I think, well, first of all, I have a, a virtual reality band book art gallery. So when I'm doing like my spaces and stuff, I'm usually screen recording because I'm walking around the VR environment. So that helps because a video doesn't necessarily mean like your face. It's just like an interesting part. But I actually watch YouTube videos that are like reading comments from Reddit <laughs> with like the VTube avatar and just like words on the screen. So it depends on like what your angle is and what your audience finds interesting. This is fascinating. And, and also, I will say that Amy has her hand in everything that matters. So if she <laughs> pretty much if she's if she's not doing something yet, I, but I'm kind of like, okay, I, I got a little while because she you, you can't you, she can't possibly list all of her projects that she's doing in less than like 10 minutes. I, I, I promise you like there's there's no there's no area of any industry that this person does not touch. So I, I do think what she's saying about the expectation being different for women, it, it really is. And I mean, it's that that might say, say, like, I didn't care. I, I think it would be easier to pull off because there are women out there that like, are less, I guess, obsessive about their appearance and could probably show up better like just as they are and not stress over it but like I just am I'm not that person and I get excited to be on other people's shows I think but 
I also just, I need the motivation. Yeah. Well, I, I have been holding off on video and, and this momentum that I've been on for, geez, I've been trying to hold back the dam for six months. And I'll tell you what, what did it for me is, is that when I, as much as people really think that Spotify is the big, bad, you know, Darth Vader, they're the you know evil empire, whatever it is. I think they're like our best chance, our best shot right now. And they're one thing that, that and YouTube has this too, but the ability to switch between vi- watching the video and then closing my phone and continuing to listen. I did not think that I would enjoy that feature as much as I did. And there are times where I'm on my couch and I'm, would want to watch watch the show and then I'm gonna you know I get up and I go to wash the dishes and I and I want to switch to audio and that ability to just switch seamlessly for me took me by surprise at terms in the terms of how much I think that that people like that's one of those features that once people start to get a hold of it's going to be hard to you know, it, it's going to be like the new normal, I feel like, you know, wh- when that happens, I don't know. And so that for me was kind of a big turning point. And, uh, and so I hear you, I was in your shoes, I don't know, maybe five, six months ago in terms of saying, we're not going to do it, we're not going to do it. And then over the last little bit, Kevin and I have been investing a bunch of time and money and energy into, you know, how can we get our system set up so that we can deliver our clients, you know, deliver them video. So well, I think it's an opportunity also to offer different content right so there's a content creator that i follow and others might too but mr ballin well it started as a video form show and he still had does his youtube videos but he also now has a podcast but he has video or he has podcast episodes that he doesn't turn into video right so it almost gives you an opportunity to make which I know more content, but that also forces people to, you know, watch your videos and listen to your pot. You know what I mean? Because you want those, those listener interactions across, you know, multiple platforms. Yeah. I think we're, this is just turning us into trying convincing Danielle to, um, to do video. <laughs> and Danielle, please. Just, I, just yeah, that's, that's totally okay. I definitely, I, I feel like I view video the same way as I view castling in, ch- in chess, you know, where you always have to be ready for it, but like you don't do it just to do it, which took me the longest time to learn. Like, you know, I would just castle as the fourth move for a lot of my life, but you don't want those pieces in between, right? You want to get your knight out. You want to get your bishop out. If you're doing on the king's side, you want to get your queen out. Like you, you have to, you have to be ready for it. And that's what I am because my friend, Eric Cavanaugh, I do a lot of work with him and I'm, I, he knows I hate, you know, being on the camera sometimes I've gotten used to it, but, and, and honestly, the main reason I don't, like it as much as because like I'm always working from my phone and I don't like doing video on my phone. I would rather do it like on my computer, you know, and if I'm not by my computer and I don't plan for that, you're probably not going to get me on video, but you could get me on audio at any time, you know? So yeah, I mean, I, I'm ready to do that content because I've done it. I've done it and I continue to practice it. Like for example, if I get guests on Eric's show, 
and they're kind of hesitant about speaking. It makes way more sense for me to be there on as, you know, their interviewer than him so that I can, you know, do, I can interview them. Sometimes like the most recent time I was, I was sick and I couldn't really speak. And so I ended up just tweeting, but I did show up that day. <laughs> so, you know, and they were like, it's okay, you can go. So, I mean, I think I'm, I'm definitely still harnessing those skills. And, you know, when I'm, I, it's like when I, when I do do it, I want to be ready, but it just still, it just still, there's so much left for me to do with audio. And I'm, I'm obsessed and passionate about that. So I, I, I kind of, I'm focused on that for myself, but it's not like, like, look, what if people are like, oh, do you do video? And I had to say yes for an opportunity to come to me. I would send every single video of Eric's and then some of mine here. I was interviewed here. You know, this is this is the clip of me being interviewed here. Here's my talk from X and X conference. So I have a whole video, a long list of clips that feature me. I just didn't do the editing myself most of the time. Yeah, and I don't. I don't think you're alone. I think a lot of people people feel that way. And the 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 systems, right? We were talking earlier today about really like the the how to, right? And we talked about for for podcasts specifically. There's like three types of, of video content. You've got your full length episodes. You've got your shorter clips, and then you've got these these shorts, right? These reels, these TikToks, those types of things. And so what I'm hearing is, you know, creating the system to where ideally you as the creator can be the person who creates the 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 hallmark the landmark the the pillar piece of content and then all of these smaller bits and pieces get broken off and and if you are doing it all it can be a lot for sure but what i'm also hearing is that and what we do as well is if you can find people to do bits and pieces of that process it's much much less expensive it's it's we cost more because we we do you know we kind of do all of it but if you can just get one person and do one piece of it just make these little videos or just turn them into this or just clip this or whatever it is and you kind of really bite size each of the pieces you can make it a lot more affordable and so that was um that was the, the first part kind of what we talked about is just knowing those things and then we had talked about some of these tools we, we didn't really get into a whole lot is is descript has been my my newest favorite tool to to kind of just I, I don't evangelize or promote a lot of products, uh, but Descript has just been one of those ones that's hard not to just because of how great of a product it is. And it was great for podcasting and, and it helped us get our podcast. It took, you know, it took those to a different kind of level in terms of our content editing, our flow, removing a lot of the filler words, like a lot of those things. But then also when you're able and layering video on top of it, it just takes it to another uh, just another level of ease. And so those were kind of the things that that came up as well. All right. Well, if that's the case, I want to uh, just raise a, a glass or a, a toast. You know, these started off. We originally called these the the podcast, you know, happy hour because it was we were kind of all in lockdown. I think when we did our first one, we were in lockdown, and you know, everybody was you know kind of holed up on their on their own. And with podcasting specifically, a lot of us are, are very siloed and in our offices or in our studios by by ourselves, and so. We just try and do these to create some sort of community. And I want to raise a, a glass and a toast to you guys for being the ones that make it, you know, so, so amazing to be a podcaster. You know, a lot of 
industries and communities are so cutthroat and dog eat dog, but podcasting is is the opposite. And it's because of, of people like Danielle and Kevin and and those of you guys who are catching this on the recording, this is going to be on the Marketing Your Podcast show coming out in a couple of weeks. So go follow that. And we will Tag see me on Twitter when you post the link. <laughs> I, will, I will tag you and, and retweet you and, and we'll link you and get you all that. So thank you, Danielle, for being here and the rest of you guys for, for being here as well. It, it means a lot to me for you guys spending some time with me today. We'll see you guys on the next one. Have a great Wednesday, y'all. <laughs>